This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, I'm going to take you guys back to 1984 to look at Arnold Schwarzenegger's sword and sorcery sequel to Conan, which is Conan the Destroyer. So let's go back to that world. Let's uh, get on the horses. Let's play you guys a trailer, and I'll see you soon. In an age when only the strongest survive, and only the ruthless triumphed. Only one name became a legend. Conan, the Destroyer. In his first adventure, he fought alone. It is written that a woman child must make a perilous journey. I want you to take her on that journey. Now, he joins a wizard. What are they going to do? Have lunch. A warrior. There are six of them against her. One, two, three. A renegade. I think you're right. And a princess. Together, they are sent by a treacherous queen across the lands of hostile kingdoms to solve the mystery of an ancient race and seek the power of a phantom city. You're afraid of magic. And when he comes from evil, this will come anyway. The Horn of Dagoth, Destroyer of Worlds. The God will live again. Enough talk! If they cannot seize the Horn in time, the world will be plunged into eternal darkness. Grace Jones. Wilt Chamberlain. Mako. Sarah Douglas, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan, the Destroyer. The all-new adventures of the most powerful legend of them all. And welcome back, guys. So let's read the synopsis out, which is a pretty short one. It's uh, Conan leads a ragtag group of adventurers on a quest for a princess. That's it. That's the movie. Um, it's a Universal Studio production. It's a fantasy adventure movie. It's got a 5.9 or 9 BD. I think it could probably get a little bit more than that. It was a 15 in the UK, PG in America when it came out. And it was directed by Richard Fleischer. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, 
He's familiar with the old adventure movies. Done one or two adventure movies in the past. Uh, he did 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, uh, which is a classic. The Vikings. Um, the Fantastic Voyage. Amateurville 3D. Sodent Green. Um, Red Sonja, which is kind of like the... Some people say it's the third instalment to Conan. I'll get into that later on. It's got a hell of a soundtrack to it. A soundtrack which I absolutely love is uh, Basil Pladorus. And he did the soundtracks to Robocop, Starship Troopers, Iron Eagle. And he did the original um, Conan movie as well. It's a, it's a great soundtrack to this movie. It goes along really well. Um, had a $18 million budget, which is quite a lot for 1984. And this film did really well at the box office. It did a little bit better than the first movie. It did $31 million at the box office, so it did okay. But unfortunately, it didn't do too well uh, critically. Um, people, a lot of people don't really like this film. I don't know why. Um, I like it. I think it's a good movie. I think it's very um, comic book style. Um and what you got to remember is, is that the directors and the producers at the time thought that let's have a look at what else is being made. You had films like uh, Kroll that just came out, uh, The Neverending Story, Lady Hawk, um, Legend. And they thought that let's try and do a film that's a little bit more sort of family orientated. And that's where you kind of get the difference between this and the first Conan movie, which is quite evident. But, you know, it's. I, as I said, I, I like this film. Um, typical of me, if you listen to my other shows, and Dan Bone, little shout out to him, we'll understand this because I say this all the time, my uh, regular co host. Is I caught this 11 o'clock at night. I think it was on Channel 4. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was a fun, fun ride for, for 90 minutes. And I just think it's one of those films that kind of gets you from A to B. Um, I like a lot of the characters in it. Um, it's got a basic plot. It's a little bit like um, Dungeons and Dragons, where you know you've got to sort of do this and you've got to do that, and you've got to get a gem, and then you've got to fight some bad guys, and then you've got to go and get a horn, and then you get double crossed and stuff like that. So um, you know, it's it does exactly what it says on the tin. And let's have a look at the cast. Obviously, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. He's at the sort of peak here. He's doing really well. He was doing um, Terminator at the time. So I think he was going between sets here. He was committed to this, but he also had Terminator um, on another set that he was doing. And there's a little bit of trivia here as well, because um, Arnie was committed to this. Um, James Cameron had to put Terminator on hold. And whilst he was waiting for Arnie to come back, he wrote Aliens. So in some ways, if you didn't have Conan the Destroyer, you probably wouldn't have had Aliens. It's funny how you have these like little ties. Grace Jones is in this film. You know, it's, it's mid-80s. Grace Jones is in this film. And she's having a great time. You know, she's you know with fashion, music. She was in a James Bond movie called View to a Kill. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, basketball player, 7'1". Giant, absolute giant. Um, he played for the LA Lakers. Um, I think this might be one of his debut movies. Uh, Mako makes a return as the wizard in this movie. He's one of the only other actors, obviously, apart from Arnie, to, to return. Um, 
And then you've got uh, Sarah Douglas as Queen Taramis. And a lot of you would probably recognise her from the villain from Superman 2. And she was also in a film with Doug McClure called The People That Time Forgot. Uh, Olivia de Abo as Princess Jenna. I think she was only... She was in her early teens in this movie, about 16 years old, something like that. And Pat Roach. Now, he's a guy that turns up an awful lot in films. Um, notable for playing a bad guy in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's a mechanic dude who has a punch-up with Indy. He's in Willow. Um, I think he might have been in the original Conan movie. He's just in a lot of films, and he, he does great. Um, so Pat Roach in this, he plays the wizard... And um, I think he might turn up as one of the other characters in the end of the movie as well. He's, he's usually known for playing one or two characters in movies. And I've, I forgot about this as well. Um, Andre the Giant is in this film. And I didn't know that. And he plays Dagoff, who is the horned creature you see at the begin- at the end of this movie. So, um, so yeah, it's a really good cast. You know, lots of 80s icons in this film. Let's talk a little bit about Conan himself. So he is originally a comic book character from the 1930s. There was some short stories from that time. He was created by Robert E. Howard. Um, so you've got books, you've got comics. And Robert E. Howard also produced the spin-off to this, which is Red Sonja, which is a film that Schwarzenegger stars in. And he's originally going to return as Conan. But due to some rights, they couldn't do that, so they brought him back as Calidor. And I've mentioned this before on the Red Sonja episode, which I've done before, you know, in the past. Uh, one of my previous episodes. So Calidor is like a nickname for Conan, and I think that's how they tied it in. So effectively, I've always seen Red Sonja as the third instalment. Um, and I might as well mention that now. That, so this was supposed to be a trilogy. Um... But Schwarzenegger, he wanted this film to be a little bit more like the the original one, a little bit more sort of darker, a little bit more gritty. Um, and as I said just a minute ago, this film is a little bit more sort of comic book. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was a little bit unhappy that with uh, also Dino De Laurentiis. So they weren't happy with the way the film was going. That's the reason why Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of washed his hands with it. But then he did go on to do Red Sonja. So, um, as I said, I kind of see Red Sonja as the third instalment. It does sort of tie in quite nicely. And if you haven't seen Red Sonja, go check it out. You know, it's it's got the similar sort of... Um, how can I explain? Similar sort of thing, similar sort of model, you know. You, <laughs> it's a bit like Dungeons & Dragons. You've got a quest, you know. You've got to go and do something and you pick characters up along the way to help you out. You've got a bad guy. You've got an ultimate fight at the end. So, and I'll be honest with you guys, I'm, I'm alright with that. Um, it's I don't, I'm not a big fan of films with like long, long running times, and I do like a basic plot, so that's why um, I do enjoy this movie. A uh, little bit of trivia. So, this is quite funny. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, they uh, struggled to find a horse for him because he was so tall. When he sat on the horse, his feet were like dragging. <laughs> along the floor so they they had trouble with that um 
And as I mentioned earlier, the reason why this is film's a little bit more sort of comic book is because of the success of E.T. at the time, they just thought that these other films that are coming out a little bit sort of family orientated. That's the reason why they toned this one down a little bit. And E.T.'s got something to do with that. <laughs> E.T.'s also got something to do with the thing as well, so no, I won't get into that. But um, Grace Jones. This is funny. She put two stuntmen into hospital. <laughs> That surprised me. Uh, that's on the uh, trivia, which I've found. Um, Wilt Chamberlain and Grace Jones did 90% of their own stunts for this movie. And Arnie, oh, I've already mentioned this, Arnie returned for uh, Red Sonia, which I've already mentioned. And what else have I got on here for the uh, trivia? Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, on his commitment to uh, Terminator, which I've already um, mentioned. The story was written by Roy Thomas, and he had previously done a film called Fire and Ice, which is a Basque animated movie. And I've only just checked that out a few years ago. I was, I was saying a few years ago, I think I checked it out last year. Um, that's a good film. So when you look at that, when you look at this, you can sort of see the sort of comparisons. Um, there was a supposed to be a fight with a giant spider with Conan. That would have been pretty cool, but that was cut out due to budget. And they also thought that that was going to clash too much with the spider from Kroll, which came out the year before this. There was also supposed to be a fight with a giant demon with Conan as well. There's some pretty good stuff here, which I think would have made this film even better. But again, they couldn't get the budget that to scale it down. Um, it was filmed a lot in Mexico. They used a lot of uh, miniatures, um, so, and I was going to say this, I think the old special effects hold up pretty good in this film. There's a few bits in it where you kind of go, yeah, that looks a bit dodgy. I think it's a bit when they're on the uh, lake going to the castle, which I'll mention later on. But some of the, um, the miniature sets with the actors, I think they did a special... They tied in the actors with the miniatures, and I think that holds up quite well. Um, Arnie wanted the film to be a little bit more violent, so I think he was happy to sort of try and push it up to more of that 15. But having said that, there is still quite a lot of, you know, head chops and throats being slashed and, you know, some violence in this movie, so it's got a, it's got a fair amount in it. And the last bit here, I've just put here, Arnie put on, apparently put on an extra £10 for this movie, but he's looking pretty uh, bulked up and ripped, as always, for this time. So, um, that is the building block for this movie, as I always say. So, there you go. So, let's do a bite-sized review of this movie. So, basically, it starts off with um, a really good score by the composers I've mentioned. You've got a very f similar tone to the original movie here, where it's kind of like a there's like a hint of like red going across the screen. You've got some riders coming in that look very menacing. They've got skulls on their heads, and this is where you've got the Wilt Chamberlain character coming in. And then you've got um, Conan, who's praying to his god Crom, and he is praying to Valeria, who is his love. From the original movie so it's all very sort of um, spiritual and stuff like that and then you're introduced to Conan's he's kind of like a Joker character here it's Malik and he is played by Tracy Walter 
and he's you know he's cool. I like him in this. I like it where you get a little bit of comic relief like that. Um, and I forgot to mention he's also in Batman as well. I think he's like plays the Joker's right hand man. So he's um, it's common for him to sort of play the sort of sidekick to characters. So you've got the Queen that turns up, who is the um, Sarah Douglas character, and she releases some of his some of her henchmen onto Conan. Conan beats them all up, gets some sword fighting here, and this is basically a test to see how good Conan is. And she she offers him a quest to go and take uh, the Princess Valeria to a castle to go and retrieve a gem, so then it will resurrect the dreaming god Dagoth. Doesn't sound too much of a good deal at this time, really. But then what she says to him is that if he goes and do, if he does this quest, then she will, this will help um, bring back uh, Valeria. So this is the deal for the quest. But you know, there's like a little bit of a double cross here because he goes back to her castle. She he meets the princess, and she basically tells Wilt Chamberlain Bombata, who goes with Conan on this quest, that once he's retrieved this gem and got everything then to kill him so there's a bit of a double cross here so the gem is secured in the fortress by a wizard and then this is where you find out that Conan does not like magic he doesn't like wizards he's afraid of them um, I suppose it's because it's like you know he knows that his sword can be overpowered by them and it's something that you can't deal with so then he goes and seeks uh, his friend Akira so this is kind of like the first part of the quest like you're getting everybody together but Akira has been captured by a tribe of cannibals, so it's kind of like where you get one of your first fight scenes here. Um, he manages to rescue Akira. And then they continue with their adventure, and this is where they meet Zula, which is Grace Jones. And she's a powerful warrior herself. She's got a court staff. Um, she's very angry most of the time. And it's actually Jenna, the princess, who asks Conan to release her and join her on the quest. So with that, he does, and Zulu is kind of like the next um, sort of sidekick. And look, I've got to be honest with you, I like Grace Jones in this movie. I think she's good. I think everything about her at the time in the 80s with her modelling and her singing and everything like that, she sort of brings her own. And that's what I like about her character, you know, it's great. Um, so it's good to see Schwarzenegger and her working together. So our heroes, they get to the castle of Tophamon where the gem is located and they sleep outside the castle and they're going to go there in first light. But during the night, the wizard turns into a bird or an eagle or something like that. And again, it's you know not a bad special effect that holds up. And he goes to the camp and he kidnaps the princess, takes her back to the castle. So in the morning, uh, Conan and our heroes go into the castle Conan finds the gem room and this is kind of like a sort of reminds me of like Enter the Dragon because the this gem room turns into mirrors and Conan's got his sword and he's fighting the wizard. <laughs> it's funny, he's, I've got to quote Ricky Morgan here because I remember him talking about this movie and he said, you know, what they do in the 80s, that's right, we'll just stick on a toxic Avenger mask and a cape and you've got a bad guy and that's pretty much what you got in this film. It's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgive this because, like I say, I love the 80s. I love these uh, practical special effects. I can't knock it. Um, I know the face doesn't move that much with the wizard, but hell, there you go. 
you've got this scene with Conan, he's trying to fight the wizard. And this is what he's afraid of, and that's what I'm saying. It's because it's magic, he can't understand it, so he's got to be a little bit clever here. Conan's getting, you know, he's getting cut up. Then he smashes into one of the mirrors, and then this is where the wizard gets cut up. So he realises that um, it's almost like the wizard's soul is in the castle, so he smashes all the mirrors, and then he ultimately kills kills the uh, wizard and... As a result of this, this is another 80s thing as well, you know, you get like a crumbling castle, it's a bit like what happens in Kroll, you know, the heroes have got to try and get out, there's boulders falling down, and then the um, castle falls into the to the lake and disappears. So they've got the gem, and as I said, this is like, you know, a bit like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you've got the gem, now you've got to go to the temple, and then you've got to go and get the horn. And that's exactly what they do. But when they get to the temple, um, Kiro, the wizard, he looks at the hieroglyphs and he realises now, he's, he's worked out that this is a part of a double cross because to enable this resurrection, the princess has to be sacrificed, so she's going to get killed. But this is the least of their problems right now because they are attacked by priests who protect the temple. Because it's never going to be that easy. During this attack, a secret exit opens, and this is where you get a double cross because Mombata then takes the princess through this exit with the horn, and he leaves Conan and our fellow heroes with the priest. Conan, with his allies, they manage to escape the priest temple, and then they have to now go and rescue the princess. And this is where Malik, when they get to the, um, the Queen's castle, he shows them a secret route into the throne room. Whilst our heroes are getting to the throne room, the ceremony is taking place with the Queen and the Princess as a sacrifice. The horn gets placed onto the statue. That starts to come alive and then it turns into the... Um, the you get like a sort of rubber latex Dagoth monster now. Um, and then you get Conan, he takes on Bombarta. Um, Conan kills Bombarta, so they kind of have like a final fight. And then you get Zula, she protects um, Princess Jenna by killing this, uh, this wizard type guy who's doing the sacrifice. And I think what's happened is because the princess doesn't get sacrificed, this is where the, you get the ultimate, where the statue turns into a monster. So that's basically the, the the thing that happens if you don't continue this sacrifice so then now like you say you've got this fight between Conan and the Dagoth and you get a pretty brutal scene here I mean like I say where well, they said this is a, um, uh, a PG movie you now got Conan trying to rip off this horn it's quite a sort of disgusting sort of special effects practical special effects scene And then just before this, I mentioned it, uh, obviously the Queen gets uh, killed by Dagoth, so she's kind of created her own fate, basically, like most of these bad guys in these movies. And then, because Conan's ripped off the horn, he's then weakened this monster, and then he can kill him, or the monster with a sword. And ultimately, that's it. It's basically quest done, save the day. Princess is, uh, you know, she's stayed alive, she hasn't been sacrificed. And then it cuts into the final scene here where now the princess has taken over as like the queen of the castle or the city. 
And then she she honours uh, Zula as a protector of the city. And then Manic is basically, she says, oh, I need a fool. So he's kind of like the Joker. And then... Um, and then Mako gets hired as a wizard, so all our, our allies have been um, rewarded. And then it comes to Conan, where she offers him marriage and, you know, a place on the throne to uh, go and rule this kingdom. But then Conan declines and he says that, you know, my objective is to have my own kingdom. And he declines and then this is where it goes on. I'd imagine this is where... It potentially was supposed to go on to a, another sequel which never happened but then you do see Conan on a throne at the end and he's looking a bit bored of himself actually so he's, he's got what he's wanted but um, it ends with uh, Mako talking over this bit here and it says that you know but that's another story it's another story of high adventure and then that's the end of the movie so there you go guys that is Conan the Destroyer in a bite size and as I said at the beginning of this show you know it's, it's not a bad film it's a fun movie gets you from A to B there's some action in it um, does what it says on the tin it's a lot different to the first movie the first one is very it's a very gritty movie I can see why people sort of compare you know do this comparison between the two but you know this is comic book and and I'll just say this, I need I need Conan the Destroyer more than I ever have needed it because, you know, with the state of the world at the moment, you know, um, you know, we need some fun escapism and this is what this film is, you know what I mean? To have Grace Jones and Wilk Chamberlain and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tracy Walker with Sarah Douglas in a movie, do you know what I mean? You're just thinking, oh, yeah, this is this is a fun time. So, you know, it's quirky, practical special effects and rubbery monsters and sword fighting and all that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you know, don't, don't go into it thinking you're going to get a masterpiece, but, you know, is it a fun time? 100% it is. So, yeah, I'll always back this film up. And the other thing is, um, got to give a shout out to Dan... Dan Nichols, um, who's uh, one of my listeners, and he does a lot on the Facebook page and that, and <laughs> he's the reason why I'm doing the show today, Dan, because you posted it on the page this morning, and I, that's why I've just jumped on this. I thought, keep saying it, I keep saying I was going to do Conan, and here we go. So uh, thanks for that, thanks for posting that, because that's why I put this together today. So this is just, um, it really is an ad hoc episode, guys. <laughs> I didn't even watch the movie, I've just thought, I kind of just... <laughs> put it all together so i hope you enjoyed that um hopefully that's giving you some some facts as well about this film um how they put it together so um there you go so uh let me tell you about what i'm coming back with next so uh dan and i will be well dan's well, another shout out to dan bone because he's just had an operation and thankfully he's recovered so, um, hope you're doing well there, Dan. little shout-out to you there, mate. Um, but ho hopefully soon, once Dan's recovered, we're going to be doing Return of the Jedi. So, be looking forward to that. And I've also got um, my good friend um, and listener, Kung Fu Dave, who will be returning. He's doing a lot of stuff right now. Uh, we're going to be looking at Armageddon, you know. <laughs> it's another crazy... It's a crazy movie. I know it's a crazy movie, but like I said, we need... We need these types of films today, do you know what I mean? Bit of escapism, I'm all for it, I'm always going to back it up. So, uh, 
that will be a fun movie to talk about, so that'll be coming up soon. Um, and as a little bit of admin for the show, um, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out all the other shows on there. Um, also go and check out my other show, uh, which I'm having a lot of fun with at the moment, which is the Mystery Vault Podcast, where I talk about the unexplained and uh, kind of give you more sort of you know thoughts on all that sort of stuff which has been a lot of fun um so yeah that's on the legion as well and you can find that show and this show on itunes spotify and several other players on the internet if you put in um bite-sized cinema podcast it will take you to somewhere where you can listen to it uh i've also got a facebook page so that's where i'm most active so you put any comments on there or anything you want me to have a look at post it on there i'll see what i can do um so there you go guys um hope you enjoyed that episode and as always keep it bite-sized keep it safe and i'll see you soon show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.